You're listening to the Movie Crew Podcast. Tonight we're going to talk about James Cameron's epic science fiction classic, Avatar. You, no trouble. Me, fifth element. You will be a weapon. You will be a minister of death, praying for war. But until that day, you are cute. Sound off like you got a pair. Welcome to the podcast. We're your hosts. I'm editor Brian Elkins, and with me here tonight is cinematographer Jared Callen. Happy Cameron New Year, Brian. Wait, wait what? It's not New Year yet. Come on. Maybe <laughs> by the time. Wait, say, when will this release? <laughs> <laughs> it's the Cameron Christmas that keeps on giving. Yeah. Sure. Just like at the box office. We'll talk about that one later. And we also have with us costume designer Kristen Jones. And here we are talking about the most successful film of all time, James Cameron's Avatar from 2009. Of course, everybody saw this in theaters, right? Yes. Several times. I think everybody saw this in theaters. (laughs) Didn't they have it in 3D too? I think I saw it in 3D. That's the only way to see it, really. Yeah, I agree. It is the way to see it. It's crazy. I don't don't even really see see 3D that well, but... (laughs) Uh, I don't, Kristen. Why are you laughing at my handicap? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a broken person. You can't see 3D. <laughs> ha, 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 you suck. Your eyes don't work. Uh, but I I saw it in 3D when I was a kid, and um, for what I could see of it, it was it was like nothing I'd ever seen before, just like everybody else. And I had never seen it. I hadn't seen it again since. And then I had been watching it on my 2D screen. But then I went over to Brian's house, and he has a 3d tv and i put the glasses on and i got like right up you know right up on top of it like two feet away from it and i was able to to feel it again and, i think and that's I, why you have bad eyesight I'm just gonna oh it's because i was two there. feet away yeah. I, I had to get the screen brian only has 42 inch tvs in his house so i had to get like really close to it mm-hmm. and like you know yeah um, only 42 inches <laughs> shut the fuck up <laughs> somebody's gonna believe that <laughs> that's right now they're all 107 inches it's actually really impressive um but uh anyways Sure. Uh, I had that same feeling as when I was back in the in the theater. Uh, I think that you really, with everything they went through to make this movie, you really need to see it in three D to to actually like experience what the fuck they're doing here. Yeah, I agree. I, I think once once you watch it on a on your television two D 
flat surface, you do lose a little bit of that immersive quality. And I mean, I just want to go ahead and say this is the best 3D has ever looked to me. I mean, it's just just a absolutely immersive, like incredible experience. Seeing this uh, in the theater in IMAX, and even they just re-released it a couple months ago. Man, I went back and saw it again. I I can't tell you how many times I've seen this movie. It's just I don't know. You actually feel like you're at Pandora. It's the first time where I'm like I I feel like I am there. Which is why the IMAX thing really lends to it. It's because it has that height. And then you're like sitting on the side of a wall, basically looking into this world where it feels like you're hanging off the side of a cliff. Yeah, when you're watching it on your little TV at home, it, it's not the same thing at all. It looks like a cartoon. Yeah, exactly. It does look like a cartoon. <laughs> it does look like a cartoon on Disney+. Plus. What it does. is up with the goddamn brightness? Are they it's, taking it's, like it's a overly bright, version? yeah. I don't know what it is. Because like the Blu-ray is not... Uh, not bright like that. Yeah, the Blu-ray does not look that way. No, it doesn't. It looks, it looks way better on the Blu-ray than it what does do you, on Disney+. Plus. What do you mean that it's overly bright? I watch it on Amazon, so I, I don't know. I didn't see the Amazon cut, uh, but I'm sure it's probably the same. But like, it, it just feels... Everything's overly saturated and, and feels lifted instead of, of like having the cinematic grade on it like it does. Do you think they did that because people will be watching it on little TVs at home? I'm thinking that it's, it's lit brighter... It's graded brighter for 3D because when you put the 3D yeah. glasses on, it, it darkens it a little bit. Oh, and and yeah, and I think that that maybe we got the the 3D grade for Disney. Yeah, it's definitely different. I I, I can't. It's the definitely the brightness and the saturation. You are 100 percent right about that. But I don't know why. Because I, w- I was comparing it to the the 3D like uh, the 3D Blu-ray and actually taking the glasses off and then flipping to Disney Plus and looking at it, and it still looked even brighter on Disney Plus and it was just like what the hell is going on that's weird it's yeah it's very bizarre and why does Disney Plus not have the any of the extended editions of this movie they don't want you to see like you know tail sex stuff even though they can show you having tail sex with an animal but you can't have tail sex with each other on camera it's too intimate I guess that is is why they cut that out of the theatrical version well what's weird okay jokes like that would not occur (laughs) Kristen, did you see, did you see the the tail sex cut scene or like did you see the you know you know how how you, you take your tail uh, your, your 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 like your hair tail your hair tail Ooh, and then you take tail. the animal's hair tail and then when you move the hair away when you That's pull probably... the foreskin when you pull the foreskin foreskin back uh, the uh, <laughs> the little the little things on the insides when it goes to the animals they twist around each other and create like a straight bond okay which is interesting but when you do it with another navi. It makes a curl and it goes up and it kind of connects. Like if you took two wires and twisted them together. <laughs> That's very interesting. And I'm assuming most people would not pick up on that. And that is why that scene was cut from the movie. Uh, they're like, mm, well, this is interesting. You, when you bond, it, it bonds differently. Incest or not incest, <laughs> but uh, bestiality is taking it a little too far. <laughs> I think. <laughs> well, wait, they, they do bring up incest in the movie. Cause like Natiri and uh, Sute are supposed to be mated pairs and they're brother and sister. Really? No, yeah. they're not. I, I did not catch yes, that. Yes, they are. I they're brother and sister. I've seen this a lot of a lot of times. They're not brother and sister. He even calls the chief father. He's no, everyone's think, father because yeah, he's yeah, the chief. Yeah, he's everyone's father. And that's no, father. he is specifically their father. Hold on. I've got to go to the hive mind here. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm 100% sure on this. Like, yeah. I don't. I don't believe you either. I'm How dare Google James it. Cameron? I know he can get away with anything, but come on. 
Just type in avatar incest and disregard all the videos. Whoa. The Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Instantly flagged. Oh. <laughs> you, you're for real. You're gonna you're just gonna stop you're like, I can't I can't even possibly accept You can that. continue to talk. I'm just looking. I'm invested in this also. I mean that's a big claim there that there is incest in this movie. I can't find that, man. I think you're wrong. I don't think that's accurate. Wait, no way. I'm telling you. Come on. There's got to be like an avatar wiki where we can go and like look up these characters. I'm telling you, just Google avatar incest. Yeah, it says right here under the Wikipedia, uh, Sute, uh, the finest warrior of the Otamakai. Uh, he is heir to the chieftainship of the tribe, right? Yeah, no, he's heir to the. He's going to become the next chief. Well, just because that, the, doesn't, that doesn't mean no, that you no, start no, banging your sister. He's the heir because he is the best warrior, not because he's the kid. Mm. He's the best warrior, so he becomes the next chief. I don't know. Yeah, no, but I, he, no, but, no, but, 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 but when he finds out, he's like, "You have mated with this person or whatever," and then she's like, "Well, yeah." And he gets he gets like heartbroken. He was like, "Fuck, I was gonna." That's good because they're gonna engaged. Rap tales with you. They're engaged. She doesn't. I mean, she's listen. They're 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 not brother and sister. <laughs> yeah, I didn't see the brother and sister. I just thought he was just like a badass. Like he he was a like the head like you know the general. She you know? is their daughter, but he's not their son. He's just the best warrior. Like I, I think if they had like a kid, you know, like a little boy, they would be looking for the best i don't know seer or whatever she is she's not a seer she's like but brian's been going for the last 10 years going like avatars get this fucked up incest line (laughs) you know what but you know what james cameron i get it it's okay you know (laughs) i feel like this movie would have been boycotted by like christians if there's like an incest oh easily yeah at the very least it's funny that you say uh say christians because um on the extended cut which you haven't seen that, right, Kristen? I don't think so. So the, in the extended cut, it actually opens up uh, on Earth, and it shows this weird, like Blade Runner style Earth, where uh, Jake is in some crazy fucking New York style city, but everything's neon signs and everything, and he lives in a a tiny little apartment where one wall is a giant TV, like in Brian's house. There's a scene where he like gets into a bar fight, and he actually fights this guy off in 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 his wheelchair, and it shows that he's still a badass, and he's into drinking and all that, and he's partying. And then he gets thrown out of the bar, and when he lands in the puddle, he lands in a puddle outside the door, he's in Jesus pose. He's got his arms out, he's got his legs crossed, That's too much. and, oh and he's God, laying there. Nonsense. And I'm like, huh, interesting. Uh, it's very interesting that they, that they left him in this Jesus pose at his like lowest moment. I'm not surprised. I feel like that does fit in with the rest of the movie. He's such a martyr, but... like, Oh, yeah, he's the savior. So, yeah, the savior. The he's the one. Better than the martyr, I guess. But yeah, 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 he's, he's the savior. But it's... Did you notice that, Brian? What, that he was in a Jesus pose down in a puddle? Yeah. Yeah, I did notice that. I I mean, James Cameron's a little, you know, on the nose and over the top. I mean, you saw this movie, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, he milks his emotional moments. I don't, yeah, that's on brand for him. I thought it was cool. I don't know about cool. I don't like bringing uh, Christian... Iconography? Yeah, I don't like like bringing, like, crosses or any Christianity, any earthbound religions, like, you know into this movie because we're focusing so much on Awa and what, you know, a mother nature, like that's like, that's almost God in this world. Well, it's, it's like, you know, it's just, well, it's just like, 
like it's like the Jesus story. You have you have this otherworldly thing that comes down and, and saves everybody. Well, you know, Jake's not from Pandora. He's he's otherworldly. He comes in 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 a, in a meat suit. You know, uh, like like a fabricated cloned meat suit and comes down and, and saves them. Basically. Oh my gosh, that's so annoying. I and it reminds <laughs> me. I saw um, somebody had in their front lawn. Um, an alien delivering baby Jesus. <laughs> um, it was like one of the blow up orna- uh, lawn ornaments. Um, nice. I'm surprised that that wasn't lit on fire. <laughs> from around maybe here. it was. <laughs> I just I hated I hated all of the the whole white savior thing. When I first saw this movie when it came out in 2009, I really liked it. I saw it several times in the theater, and then this time around, I still liked it. It's still a good movie. Um, but I feel like there are a lot more flaws in it that I noticed. And the, with the story, obviously, it's James Cameron, so all the technical aspects, everything everything is perfectly done. But again, the story has some issues. Everybody says that – I don't – first off, I don't agree that this is a white savior film. All right? I, th- I think people are mis- – they're misattributing the message to a, to a wrong spot. It doesn't th- – I think this is more about – colonialism that's why i mean obviously environment and the environmental message it plays a huge role in the movie um but you know i i think the the whole idea of the white man coming in uh not understanding the culture calling the, the natives that live there savages you know yeah we just want our shit and we're gonna get it and if we have to commit genocide in the process well you know what so be it but you know, like even in the movie, they—I mean, they again. James Cameron's so fucking heavy-handed that he's like, "Yeah, we we try to teach these fucking natives like uh, fucking uh, how to give the medicine. We try to t- give them education, and they don't care about it. All they care about is their mud." He's so heavy-handed. He repeats that so many uh, times throughout the movie, and everyone's like, "Oh, it's, it's a white savior story." I mean, yeah, it is. But if anybody that wasn't a white guy is coming in, you know, to tell this. To tell the story, we're taking away a little bit of the message, and it it rings it rings hollow. It's not I understand. true. Okay, the the reason I called it a white savior story is one scene in particular. Uh, it, it's sort of like this guy if he had, you know, if you had knowledge of American's history, and then you went back in time, <laughs> and you tried to intervene, and that's kind of why I call it a white savior story. But the one scene in particular is where Jake gets up there and is like will you interpret will you you know interpret what i'm saying and he's like hey guys you know what we need to do is we need to go get like other people and like band together and we can fight them and we can win and he's the one who rallies them he's the one who comes up with the game plan he's the one who comes up with the idea of notifying other like the tribes like hold on i I was just like come on dude but no that that whole was it tarak makto or whatever the fuck when you ride that big giant um orange banshee when you when you get to ride that around you can call all the clans and that's happened five times since as long as they've been keeping their memories around so he got the idea from their history yeah he didn't come up with this he's not he's not a white savior he is the whole movie is literally him adapting to their way of life you know what i mean he falls in love with that he does 
he's very disillusioned with his, I don't know. With it's not like America. he came in. It's not like he came in with with guns and and gave all the you know the Native Americans guns and then you know in a movie like that and then now they're fighting on equal terms. He comes in and learns their way. And I actually got into a, a mild argument about. <clears throat> I think it leans more to the second one, which we'll get to. It's like it's it's interesting that that you they were basically comparing Avatar to blackface, letting white yeah. actors play these characters as blackface, and I'm like, it's an actor. It's it's animated. It's not it's not the same thing. Well, hold like, on. Like you shouldn't have to like I don't know like I have an issue with that a little bit. Well, specifically in this movie, the he let um, the blue cats. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the the people of color played the the Navi and the white people played everyone else and uh, to be fair everyone is one dimensional but you know everyone is pretty one dimensional no one really has any emotional depth and so when you just see like you know her fiance whatever his name was um, just getting angry he just like he suddenly like they become so animalistic and that's part I can see. I can see why people think that it's racist and think that it's blackface. I can. I can see that. I. I understand why they say that. I. I don't think that's what James Cameron intended. But uh, yeah, they're talking about it with the second one too. I've. I've seen boycotts for the second one. Well, they're saying they're they're saying that for the second one because then it's white people that are actually playing. Yeah, yeah. There are actually white people playing. That argument really doesn't apply here, though, because no. Well, okay. No, it's definitely it's definitely separate here. I heard okay, so uh, for this movie specifically, I heard that the complaints were that it was people, the people of color were playing the. Oh, maybe that's why he switched it to white actors. People of color were playing the um the navi race and it was white people playing the rest and and it was so these people were supposed to clearly be like people of color um rather than some alien creature and and uh, it's not just like it's not like he he basically like took all of the indigenous tribes and kind of morphed them into one like general blob here yeah well i haven't seen this the second one but i think i think there's different races of of you know, it's kind of like the different tribes. There's different races, so it makes sense that there's different types of avatars. Sure. Or different Navi, as there were. You know, if, if you have a whole world, you have different races, right? Sure. But we're all we're all still humans, so it makes sense that you know. That's that's what I'm saying. It's it's a bl- it's a blue cat people. Like, come on. <laughs> it, it is science fiction, and I think science, yeah. yeah, I think these distinctions are made to get you to think about our world. But I don't think this in the movie is representative of our world. It's Pandora, it's to get you to think about Earth, what you're doing on a day to day. Yeah, but yeah, it is representative of it is Pandora, but it is representative of our world and Earth and the people that we have here and who we are bulldozing currently. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I will say the one bit of the whole like reimagining history fantasy bit of it that I hated was when they just rounded up all the bad guys and put them on this little ship to go back home because I was like, you know, they're going to turn around and come and they right marched back. Them out. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, they, they, sh- they right. should have. Like, what are you doing? They should have marched them over to that giant orange fucking Charizard looking motherfucker and just start <laughs> rawr, rawr, and just fucking eating one after another and make them march over to it. <laughs> well, <laughs> and it's like you using human bones as toothpicks. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> can't even fly anymore. It's had some. And then, and then, and no, no, they eat every single person except for fucking uh, the, 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 the swarmy dude. And then they tell him, now you go back and you fucking tell them that this is what's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> if you come back here, what, what's his name? The, um, ah, uh, Giovanni Ribisi, that guy. 
He's the guy that you leave. Unatanium guy. The unobtainium. Everybody had terrible a terrible name. Like yeah. <laughs> it's too Marvel. It's too it's too it's too it's too comic booky. You yeah. Know, it, we we need something a little more grounded. Look, uh, my thing is when you're making complaints like that, obviously the movie is good. Cuz he literally <laughs> oh, says no, it no. like maybe what do they say it twice, twice in the movie? Yeah, yeah and, and and it's the whole I don't like how they say it. And now you have to you have to explain it for the audience, right? But let's think about this logically. It took Jake Six years, five years, nine months, 22 days to get to Pandora. That's a long fucking time to, from the time that his brother dies. So what the fuck are they doing on Pandora for fucking six years? So you're telling me that Grace doesn't know what unobtainium is and she's been there for over six years? No, she totally knows. That scene That's is... what I'm saying, but him, him having that moment with her, is like she should have been like, bitch, I know what it is. Like, I know why we're here, <laughs> but she stands, I don't know, just like upon multiple viewings, I'm just like, this scene's silly. <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes you have to remind the scientist. Look, this is what pays for everything. I don't know. I, I, I oh no, no no no. I get it. I think it's good. I, I think it's good. It's just the way that she, the way that it's kind of like she she didn't know what it was. It kind of felt like that. I don't think it feels that way. I think it, yeah, it just feels like hey, re- remember how much this fucking rock cost? Yeah, it's paying for everything, baby. Come on. Get I think it's me. funny that a, a kilo costs like $20 million and he has like a piece that's almost the size of a golf ball. Like what, <laughs> what is that floating there? Like what can, is that, that's a mech. That's one of those mech things like floating there, just like spinning. You know, you could like buy that whole fucking mech. I mean, maybe it is. I don't, inflation, dude. <laughs> <laughs> maybe 20 million is not that much. Yeah, no, but but it's it's crazy that it takes it takes six years to get there. So when they decided to to bring Jake, I mean, shit, what 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 happens, or or does time move slower or, or like so I don't know. This is weird. Like we have no idea. None of that stuff is explained to us. Yeah, I mean, they don't such even a long time. They don't really even tell you in the theatrical cut how long it takes to get there. No, it says he he says uh, five years, nine months, twenty two days. Does he say that in the theatrical cut? I don't know. I've seen both recently, and they both blend in my head. But when he's getting out, he's like, uh, he's like, he's like, you guys have been in there, you know, for uh, like your motor skills will be a little off. It's been been five years, nine months, and twenty-two days. Yeah, I don't think that's in the theatrical cut. I don't remember that in the cut that I watched, but I could have. Maybe that's why they cut it because they were like, ah, (laughs) it's a long time to be standing around Pandora, going like, we got a new guy coming in six years, you know, (laughs) to help out. Yeah, they would have to be sending ships. Like pretty regularly, if it's yeah. six years to get there. Oh, this is the first viewing. I actually started looking uh, for a date. It's on the HUD screen. Sam Worthington's giving his whole twenty one thirty something, right? Twenty one fifty four. Twenty one fifty four. Yeah, he's doing his uh, video diaries, which I I super love how those are integrated into the montages. Like especially when he's like uh, learning to hunt and everything, and he starts talking about all oh, this hippie stuff, and then when Grace starts interjecting, <laughs> I love I those. That. Oh no, no, she's he's like he's like whose video log is this? Um, but um, and also, but that those are actually showing Grace, uh, and you get more of it in the extended cut of her, like coming around to Jake. You know, it's nice, and and actually every time those little things pop up, I had the same feeling I did in Titanic when we go back. To, to the future, you know, mm-hmm. and, and then we have that. Oh shit, that's right, this is going on because you're you're so like enveloped in what's happening with the story 
And then you get thrown back into this, which is kind of like a separation, you know, it's the same time period. Yeah, I kind of felt that way. I, I really do not care about any of the actual people and what they're doing. I really only cared about Pandora and what's happening there. And so every time they cut back to the to the space to the regular, I don't know, the spaceship, the regular ship the, with the humans on it anyway, uh, I was like, why are we here? Because that's the impending doom. That that that's your that's your expositional countdown is that, that there's this thing coming so it's kind of always reminding you that these assholes are are on the way yeah and Jake Sully is such a snitch he's sitting there being like let me tell you how the tree works no listen yeah I, I like I like that the one scientist guy catches him you know and and I like that it doesn't ever phase Grace because she she's you know got her eye on the prize one of the things that bothered me is that he's supposed to be a marine or an ex marine or something you know he's a marine he was a marine yeah he was a marine so why is he so insubordinate shouldn't he like know how to follow orders and know how to handle like animals in the jungle like even if he wasn't stationed in the jungle like he is he acts like he is just a regular civilian who was given a gun he was this is the first time he's He's been on a new planet no i don't care listen he doesn't he's lost his legs no, he's a marine. I expect more. Look, if I had just gotten my legs, and also when when they came to me, and they said, "Look, Jared, we're going to put you on a ship, and it's going to take six years to get there, and like whatever, and you're, you're you're the guy, you know, and you're replacing your brother." And I've been like, "All right, cool, cool, cool. I'll do it, but you got to fix my legs first. That needed yeah. to be the bargaining chip on the front end. It's like, look, <laughs> like." It, Get it done in the six years I'm asleep on the way there. Yeah, and when I wake up, sh- I won't. I want to be like Captain Dan. I want my new legs. <laughs> why would they ship him handicapped? And he's With like lieutenant, a lieutenant, ra- not captain. Uh, oh, right. sorry, he Lieutenant was, Dan. I want my he, ice cream and my legs. <laughs> like every time he was walking, like going around the ship in his little wheelchair, I was like, "This is ridiculous." Like, good for them for being like handicap accessible, but like, I don't know that they really would be. I think it's fucked up that, that he he worked for the government and then they and you know he got hurt on duty and they're like ah, <laughs> sorry bro that's too expensive we can't we can't fix your legs but we can ship you to Pandora <laughs> yeah well we'll take <laughs> well that was already no no that money that money was already spent you know on on Jake's brother they still did get him there and train him he ran a manual on the way and also yeah, he didn't get he, any training what is oh this training gosh, that you think second, he had? he's a marine he needs at least some basic training and he when was he, a marine he, he, yeah a long he was, time yeah. ago he, no. he he's crippled have right? you met military people they don't lose that they still have that no wait no that was his whole attitude this whole movie yeah i know that's what i'm saying it's attitude i didn't like it it doesn't fit what? no no i don't like he it he took I don't on like, like it. pretty much any challenge that he was given what are you talking about and he adapt, adapt and overcome. Yeah, you know, um, and that—that's what actually got him into into with the Navi is that he wasn't he he was a warrior. Yeah, he, he was something. That I was did different. like that. They, with they, the they were like, clan, oh. I did like that. Yeah, yeah, that was that was cute. Yeah, <laughs> but um, <laughs> but that that's what made him you know interesting to them. They were like, oh shit, you know, maybe we can learn something from them while they're learning from us. The Navi are trusting people. It's their downfall. Well, they wanted to, you know, see what he knew, too. Yeah. Yeah. A little tit for tat or something like that. Did I just date myself? Yes, I did. Um, I think it's trailer time. Is it trailer time? Yeah, yeah. Let's get back on track. Yeah, we're going to watch the trailer for James Cameron's Avatar. I don't know which one we're going to watch yet. But we're going to watch one. Watch the one that's in 3D. 
We'll be back. <laughs> you Jake Sully? I'd like to talk to you about a fresh start on a new world. You'd be making a difference. I became a Marine for the hardship. I told myself I can pass any test a man can pass. All I ever wanted was a single thing worth fighting for. Ladies and gentlemen, you are not in Kansas anymore. You are on Pandora. You should see your faces. We have an indigenous population called the Navi. They are very hard to kill. This is why we're here. Because this little gray rock sells for 20 million a kilo. Their village happens to be resting on the richest deposit and they need to relocate. Those savages are threatening our whole operation. We're on the brink of war and you're supposed to be finding a diplomatic solution. The concept is to drive these remotely controlled bodies called avatars. They're grown from human DNA mixed with DNA of the natives. Marine in an avatar body. That's a potent mix. You get me what I need, I'll see to it you get your legs, babe. Your real legs. Hell yeah, sir. Looks like you. This is your avatar. Just relax and let your mind go blank. It shouldn't be hard for you. I want you to gain their trust. You should not be here. Go back. Well, this is your fault. I need your help. Right, we're back. That was the trailer for James Cameron's Avatar. Ooh, gave me the goosebumps. Yeah, man, I'm ready to jump back into Pandora. God. Can we just talk about how fucking awesome Natiri is in this fucking movie? Oh, oh dude, so fucking good, man. One of the best CGI characters of all time. Natiri. Not Natiri. <laughs> Natiri. Natiri. Whatever. Natiri. They say it different. Natiri. She said Natiri, and then, like, and then he's like, Natiri. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, Sam Worthington is hiding his uh, well, doing his best to try to hide his uh, Australian. He slips 
every now and then. He does really good like out in the world, but when he's got back at home and doing his little like video log, he, he kind of slips in and out. Makes me think that they did those early in the game. Uh, actually, they shot that stuff uh, uh, last. Uh, all the live action stuff was shot after all the mocap. So I was just really tired. <laughs> Probably. Maybe. Man, did you see any of the... Uh, Kristen, did you watch any of the behind-the-scenes stuff? Did you see how they shot that stuff? What stuff? Which stuff? All of the stuff that's, like, digital. They, they were just in a big open room, which they, funnily enough, called the volume. The volume. Yeah, which is what they call, like, the giant um, uh, video wall sets now. But uh, they're recording all of their mo- uh, movements and everything, 360 degrees, right? And then they even had like little cameras on their faces. And so the performance was captured from all angles so they could come in later with a digital camera and figure out the camera angles. So it was more about capturing performance and blocking and everything and then later figuring out how it's going to be shot instead of actually like working it out with a camera on the front end. Maybe they were doing some of that at the beginning to make sure the blocking was going to work, but they but they came back and spent like a whole year just going in and, and like replaying the scenes and then walking around them digitally fa- finding the shots. Yeah, like he had a he had a monitor that would it had like one of those little balls on it like the performance artists have on them. And he could he could it was, it was like a digital camera, like a fake camera this monitor was and he could actually see like they were crappy, you know, you can go and and look on them on the on the Blu-ray, the and you can find them online. They're really crappy. They look like video game graphics for the time. But he or could worse. see that. Yeah. Or he could see that previs though. And just being able like, oh, man, I can't, I can't imagine how like just amazing that would be just to have that all set up in the volume. And you're just like picking your shots of digital, of all these pre-recorded like performances. It's so awesome. And it's weird. Like all the detail that they went to, to create everything Kristen, they had two different costume designers working, and even though everybody was digital, they had them completely create all of the wardrobes live action. And so they could, like, put them on the actors and, like, look at them, even though that their body types weren't the same. But they would figure out, they'd build everything, and even, like, all the fabrics and stuff, and go through different, like, fabric tests and wind tunnels and see how they would blow and move and everything, and, and then and figure out what the weight of these should be. And then they sent all that shit to the digital people going, now replicate what we've created. That makes sense. That's how it should be. Uh, there were a few moments where I noticed that the, uh, the whatever they were wearing wasn't moving the way it was supposed to. Oh, really? And I think that was done on purpose, actually, but it still irritated me. Where was that? Um, so very specifically, it was with the female Navi because they all had something around their neck to cover their chest, which I don't think they had, like, like breasts oh, and nipples, but like it would come down and cover. You no, know, they did have nipples and breasts. Did they? Did they? Yeah. Well, yeah. Anyway. the guys do. You can clearly see. They don't want to well, show them on the uh, females. Well, yeah, right. It's obscene, and so they all were wearing stuff <laughs> that would cover their their obscene chests and obscene. No, free the nipple, Kristen. Free the nipple. <laughs> and so when they would move, their clothing would not move. So they remained. I guess uh, what is this PG or PG thirteen? Whatever it was. Yeah. And to the well, Point that I was very like very specifically looking to be like is that a top or because it because it, it it's not it's not a top because I was it's looking like a for netting straps. sometimes yeah or well, yeah. sometimes they okay sometimes they did wear like specific like tops and there was a netting um, but 
uh, yeah, because I was looking to see how the straps were done. So because it was so weird, it was such yeah. a the way the top the way the tops were done on for the women was was very bizarre. And I kind of just decided no, they're just necklaces that don't always move the way they're supposed to move. The other thing I noticed with the costumes was there was a. Um, I, 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 I think it was like, I'm not sh- I don't know what material they use in Pandora, but some sort of like rope or twine. And she's wearing this like, um, it spirals down the center and then it branches out. And it's like a necklace and it looks really cool. But what it really reminded me of is Bella Hadid wore this gold uh, lung necklace, I think is what it's called if you want to Google that. Who and it looks just like it. Uh, but she wore it a couple years ago as a top to an event. And I was like, I wonder if they got inspiration from Avatar <laughs> or if this was around first. And I meant to look that up and I didn't. Um, I did, who did, who did sure you say? Which, Bella Hadid. I don't know who that is. Uh, like just Google uh, lung necklace. Uh, yeah. y- you'll see it right away. Yeah, yeah, and and the girl wears one very similar, but obviously not gold in pan in their little rolled in Pandora. Yeah, um, on on the behind the scenes stuff, which you know, I got this really like fuzzy feeling when I was watching the behind the scenes because uh, Richard Baker was on there, and he's got the most like soothing uh, like New Zealand accent from the Weta workshops, and um, right, that's his name, right? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Uh, anyways, yeah, and like if you've seen all of the uh, Lord of the Rings behind the scenes, uh, it's nothing but him talking and you just like nerding out. So when they cut to him, he talked about how um, they found all of these like um, weavers, mm-hmm. and they they weaved all of those things like legit, and then they, they were trying to come up with these different like indigenous kind of like weaving style, but try to think about it in a like a otherworldly aspect so you can actually create your own style but using the techniques that you would have yeah i thought i I did appreciate a lot of the techniques i thought they were really interesting the one that i sort of questioned but i guess it it could make sense in pandora was when they go to war they put on all this like really bright like neon paint and she's wearing this bright neon top and i was like i feel like you should taylor sorry i blend into that you shouldn't i don't know I think that yeah. that is blending in. What are you talking Neon? about? Well, that's what I was saying. Like maybe on Pandora it works. But yeah. I don't know. Mm. Did you see the jungle? It's like fucking. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. It's, it's multicolored, which is crazy. No, no. Everything's neon. You know, everything's neon, neon like, and, and, and weird neon, colored. And then it's black light at night. <laughs> even the banshees. Even the banshees uh, are, are weirdly, oddly colored and everything. Everything's kind of bright and weird. And they all have like weird markings. Um, but yeah, I I love. I love when it goes. You know, Jake gets left behind and they're like, you know, we don't run night missions and they fly off and leave him. And then he's like freaking out. So he he finds this weird like tree sap and makes a damn torch. And and he's like fighting off all these fucking like wolf fucking coyote things or whatever. And I I love when she throws the the torch in the water and he's like, no, 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 wait. And then the whole fucking forest just comes alive. That is is so freaking cool, man. It's like that's that's the moment when you realize you're on a different world. You know, you like we we've all experienced dinosaurs and all that, and it feel natural in in a jungle. We we've all been there, so everything up to that point has kind of felt like that. It's kind of like okay, we're we're back in Jurassic oh, man. Park. No, dude, I felt it way before. The minute, really, he, yeah, the minute he gets off that fucking the scorpion or whatever Michelle Rodriguez's fucking 
helicopter so thing is called. I liked her. Oh man, she's like ageless. How when did they shoot this? Like I was like, you never age, girl. Like <laughs> somebody hasn't seen the new Fast and Furious movie. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I've only seen the first three. I think <laughs> only the first three. I love that sentence. Um, but no, yeah, the minute he he steps off that uh, that fucking ship, man, and he's just walking around. And when you get to those like little circular purple flowers or pink flowers, oh, when he touches them and they and they oh, shrink, they shrink down. Oh, oh so my amazing, God, dude! Like that moment yeah. in three D, I was just that literally gave me goosebumps. Like, yeah, you feel it. Oh. You, you feel the depth of it, which is really weird. I mean, like I, I haven't had a feeling like that watching a movie since like Jurassic Park, man. I mean, just like when that T Rex roars, that it was it was a moment like that. Oh, you mean the banshee? Yeah. Well, I don't want to take away from Pandora and how wonderful this world is because it is, but I think part of what I really get from all of these scenes is that we don't appreciate the magic in our own world because we are like Jake Sully and we are trying to turn on the light at night and we are trying to pick the flower and put it in, bring it inside. We're not letting nature do its thing. We don't exist in nature anymore. Even if we go for walks, it's just like a walk where we're visiting and not experiencing it. And so that's yeah. actually one of the things that I really got from Pandora was like when she puts the torch out and everything comes alive, it's like, well, does that happen? Here? It's like when they say like, you know, when you go out on a full moon and you like turn off your phone and the flashlight, you can see everything. Yeah. And we, but how often do we experience that when we just don't? You know it's it, different it, on Pandora. Never. Oh, no, it, it is. No, but like you know, it, no, she's exactly right. If you ever if you ever go out into the into the woods at night or you get you completely out of town and then you look up and you see the stars and it's like holy shit. Yeah. It, it exactly. can, it can, you forget. You forget that it's there. And and like, you know, like holy shit, this is this is insane. I never knew that there were so many stars and it just it just makes you feel so small. And that that's the same kind of feeling that you have in in Pandora when actually the, the entire jungle lights up and you can see off into the distance and then they, they spend so much time up high and and on, on the on, what's the mother tree home tree and home tree yeah there, there's many scenes where where you're you don't realize it that you're up in the tree and he's learning his training and they're on just a different part of the tree you know and then everything you're kind of looking off into the horizon and but then every now and then they give you a little look down and you're like holy shit we're way up in the sky like everything in pandora is huge and then all the animals are huge and have <laughs> multiple wings, multiple legs. And, and, you know, it all feels like comfortable, but also alien slightly. It's nice. Well, it makes sense in their world. You know, like we're mostly four legged or, you know, or bipedal. We have four limbs coming off our body. They have six. You know, it, it works. I'm yeah. done with it. You can go and appreciate nature on Earth, but you know when people walked out of this movie, there's some people that had like a, what was it called, the, the Pandora Blues, where they're just like, oh man, they start turning blue, like 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 Navi. No, oh. <laughs> it was a metaphorical like blue. Oh, as okay, in, metaphorical I, blue. You know, oh. I I feel blue. I feel sad, Jared. Not because I, I can't live color. on Pandora. Exactly. Yes. There was a run on colloidal silver. <laughs> does that make you blue? Yeah, if you have too much of it, it does. I have to start dyeing my hair black and start braiding it and taking colloidal silver and maybe <laughs> I too can be a Navi. I think if uh, the human species turns blue, you're pretty much dead, Jared. No, colloidal silver. Just like Jack will, um... at the end of Titanic. <laughs> he's he's like early <laughs> See? Navi. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He's a little too pale. You know, get some more blue in you. Freeze faster, <laughs> man. Um, Jake's legs. 
like in the great special effects. They're very subtle. It's great special effects. It's very subtle in the um, in the actual theatrical cut, but in the uh, in the extended version, they do they actually show his legs, and it's it's really great uh, showing that he he's got these what what is that like atrophied like muscle atrophied legs. It really lends to. Did you did you notice that, Kristen? They didn't have it in mine, and I don't know that I. No, they did. They did. It was that. just subtle. Oh okay. Yeah, like like when he's. In his wheelchair, you see his knobby knees and his thin legs, and then he's like pulling them up into places. Then he's pulling them up. Doesn't he have pants on? He's pulling up like he grabs. They're, they're the covering pants them. And he yeah. Pulls yeah. them up. I mean, they do. They don't look. No. no. They look thin. Yeah. <coughs> it makes sense why he goes off on a running spree. It, it, but it's just like I think that when you become an avatar, or like when you become a Navi through an avatar, you just have this like rush of energy. Because even the other guy who's had logged like five hundred hours, when they're telling him to do the little finger touches, he's like, yeah, 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 I got it, I got it, I got it, I got it, I got it. I think it must be. It's just like you have this like rush. I think they're just excited. The air, the air mixture that they're having to breathe or something has a rush on the circulatory system. (laughs) I mean, maybe. (laughs) I mean, even when you see Grace, like she's really happy. Like that's. The first time you see her interact, smile. Oh yeah, know, she actually, in a positive she's way not a with Jake Sully. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, "Who's got my goddamn cigarette, guys? What's wrong with this picture? Did you guys Who the know fuck that is my cigarette? Did you guys? Could you guys tell that was a digital cigarette? No, <laughs> really. Yeah, not a real cigarette. What do you mean? So they they gave her like a little stick and she was smoking on it, and then they they did the smoke. No, or... I think she was miming it, just doing this. Yeah. Wow. Fucking James Cameron. So just like in Titanic, you know, he had people come in in a black room and like backlight like fucking breaths for following all the dialogue to do the breaths. He actually had somebody come in and like smoke a cigarette. <laughs> well, she she does forget to exhale the the smoke a couple of times. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, on Pandora, you 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 smoke in and it like absorbs into your body. <laughs> you can you know you can choose whether or not to exhale. And I, I, I did, I, I did have a little bit of a problem with that because she's a scientist, and it's not exactly like it would be in you know in outer space and everything, but it's still a sealed environment. You know, you're pumping oxygen into. It seems like oh come on, it's just I don't know. It seems like having a cigarette there would just be a really bad idea. That and nobody would be okay with that, especially after like Stephen Lang's uh, <laughs> pep prep talk he gives everybody. Not in Kansas anymore. You're on Pandora. Everything's gonna fucking eat your ass like juju beads, motherfucker. Yeah, I'm here to save your lives or to protect all of you, and I will fail. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever the line is, that's great. I mean, he's such a badass. He's a, he, he's like he's the perfect cartoon villain. He, he's the guy that you see on fucking uh, GI Joe. He, he's the guy we cut to who's the bad guy. And we know he's the bad guy, and he's all out for himself, and just making sure that he's going to do his mission. Oh, dude! And yeah. he is a fucking badass. Like he's so badass that like, he has like a fucking raptor claw mark across his face, where he got attacked by some dinosaur somewhere, and he's like, "Fuck it, this is great. It makes me look like a badass." <laughs> he does. It looks great. Yeah, he's excellent in every single scene. He's excellent. Yeah, I, I think my favorites were when they when they steal the uh, little fucking. The helicopter thing, and they they're get, getting ready to take off, and he he sees it, and he he just immediately he's like mask on, and just bust open oh, no. the door. Oh yeah, he doesn't give a fuck. He goes out, he holds his breath, yep. and he just like fucking shooting. Bow, bow, it, it's so bow. fucking cool. And then yeah. also too, when he gets in that mech at the end, when this fucking goddamn uh, huge ass fucking spaceship, these guys just fucking just 
everything's blowing up in there. He jumps in that mech and just drops to the fucking ground. Oh, dude, yeah. It's so cool. You would think it would just destroy him, but he hits like <laughs> fucking superhero land. Yes, total yes. superhero <laughs> land. Oh, it's so awesome. <laughs> I, I like it too because I don't know, like in any other movie, like he would be the hero, right? You know, it, we're, we identify with the humans. You know, aliens are bad. I mean, like if you took this same like concept and applied it to like James Cameron's Aliens, you know. It's yeah. it's this it's like he's the, the he gets these action hero moments these really badass moments and he's the villain it's so cool yeah uh, it, yeah to- totally and pumps I, up the fight at the end oh God. and I like how the Navi call the uh, the humans aliens he's like you can smell this alien stench over here you know it's it's in my nose Ugh, you know I really it's great when... it's great. Oh my gosh! They the 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 GI Joe guy gets really mad and pulls Grace and Jake out of out of Pandora, and their bodies collapse. Oh, and the guy's like, "Oh, look, they're just demons!" And like in this body, and I was like, "You know, he's not wrong." <laughs> they really are. It's kind of fucked up, you know. I was like, I, "He is correct." <laughs> dude, that scene after like uh, Jake and Natiri uh, like totally get it on, and then like they're they're cuddling and sleeping and shit. And next thing you know, the fucking the big uh, things are coming and knocking all the trees down, and she's like fucking flipping out, and he won't wake up. Oh my god! Like it just it just that. Like these moments, like it's just this, this James Cameron cereal. suspense <laughs> fucking. <laughs> yeah, he's right. He's like slamming his fucking like uh, all star breakfast from Denny's, um, you know, <laughs> laughing his shit. Like, <laughs> Too relatable. <laughs> just so he can get back into the video game. Um, yeah, I, I, I love that, man. Like the, the, the suspense and, and the way that this movie can make you feel. Uh, there, there's another moment when um, Natiri's mom. Uh, is like fucking wailing because the trees come down. Oh yeah, like, that gets me every time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like I I almost cry every single time there. Like e- even when I was watching the behind the scenes and they cut to that scene and they show the actual actor's face when she was re- when she was like recording that scene. Oh my god! Like like it just it's it's so visceral and perfect and like you know he he builds to these like really really perfect moments. I, I did yeah. not cry uh, watching it on home, home video for the podcast, but in the IMAX a couple months ago, I yeah, gotcha. I, yeah, I cried twice in this movie. I, it gets me, uh, especially when um, he comes down and he, he lands with the the big whatever the orange banshee. Oh, at the end where they're all freaking out, yeah, yeah. And he comes up and he he goes up to Sute. Makatuma, makatuma. Yeah, and he goes, oh, I will fly with you. It's like, oh, I will bro, fly with you, brother. Yeah, stop, you hit me. And then you got Grace dying right after that. It's like, oh, it's too much. <laughs> I can't handle it. And then, dude, at the end, I don't know what what it is. It's such a, it's kind of a stupid moment. But when when all the animated Disney critters come out to fight the humans, ah, dude, that hits me too. I just lose my shit. It's just. It's so badass. It's so good, and it's just this emotional swell, and like fucking Zoe Zeldania just selling the shit out of that. Where like she's screaming to the heavens, like "Awa heard you," and the music swells. Oh, I'm an emotional wreck. Man, speaking of the score, I, it must be Horner, right? It is James Horner. Okay, he he likes to do this, man. He likes to sample something from his previous work. There's some Titanic in here, bro. There's a lot of Titanic. I there's Titanic like, Wait, in what's here. What's happening? Yeah, it's just like how he did Braveheart and Titanic. Motherfucker, there's Titanic in this. Yeah, that, that's his calling card. He puts a little hint of his last shit in there. Yeah, I told you that last podcast. 
No, but, you said no. You said he. You know he likes to use bagpipes. That's what you're hearing is the bagpipes. Like no motherfucker, ain't no bagpipes in this. <laughs> he goes. He, he, <laughs> he he just he does go to similar themes. Well, they're not bagpipes, but there's like no it's, no. It's, it's not the, the bagpipes in this. And, and it's chorus. in the main fucking theme. The there is a Titanic. Theme. Like yes. there's a couple of but notes. He starts, does the same thing. It starts it Titanic. Like Titanic, and then it and then it changes. Yeah. Yes, that's exactly right, Kristen. Yeah. No, I don't know. Not in the main. I'll theme. find no, the one. I'll find. I one hundred percent. I will find it. I will find it for you and show it to you. It's one hundred percent Titanic, and then he he just finishes it differently. He it starts the same the three Titanic notes. Titanic song um, when they get on the ship and they're starting to sail away. It's that that first couple of notes. It's that's what's the he does three notes the same as Titanic, and then he changes the resolve of it. I'm yeah. telling you, it's it exactly is, the same. He's, yeah, it's, he's correct. I don't know, man. I just listened no, to both it, scores back to back. I don't. I didn't hear any of the same. Uh, you, no, man. There. Cameron has clouded your judgment. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, no, I can see it. In some Every of the, time this song came on, when I was watching stuff. Avatar, no, it's not there. It's not that. Every time I was watching Avatar and the song came on and it started off Titanic, I was like, "What? Yeah. What are we doing?" One hundred percent. Because uh, I was waiting to see how much it would play, and it doesn't play out Look, a lot. Look, bro, Kristen and I did not talk about this beforehand, and we both just said the exact same shit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I just always think of the, the war theme, the ba da 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 You got that repeated. That's not that. Yeah, it's not that one. And then you got the, <laughs> the main theme, the dun 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 uh, Nope, it's not that one either. We can go it's a slower part. if you want. I'll point it out. It's a slower part. Just hit play. Let's go. I don't know. It, I'll be honest. Like, my... Like taking notes on this movie, I, I do have a really hard time. Um, I, I do get really sucked in. I love this film so much. It just, I didn't take a goddamn single note after 90 minutes. I just, I agree. And I watched the movie like fucking, I watched the movie because we were going to record this episode and we kept getting pushed back and pushed back. And I was like, no, I got to, I got to watch the movie right before we record the episode so I could retain that enthusiasm, that love for this. Oh, just every single time, 90 minutes, no notes. Yeah, I did the same shit. Actually, one of my notes that I wrote down is like, I really think it's pretentious that when you put a Blu-ray in these days and it tells you that you may need to update your system to play it because it thinks that for some reason that Blu-ray is so modern that it's going to crash your system. Look, bitch, you're an old Blu-ray. This motherfucker's 13 years old. Like, how dare you? Don't you insult my <laughs> you insult my Blu-ray player. No, I am up to date. No. <laughs> how dare you? <laughs> I'm calling really 20th Century Fox right now. Oh wait! No, it no, it totally it, it, it crashed it, the system. It said it said when you put the this, this Blu-ray in, it says it's it says like, look, this Blu-ray was made to the to the highest quality standards, and your Blu-ray player may not be able to handle it, so you may need to update. Okay, so to be fair, <laughs> I was like, damn, 20th Century James Fox. Cameron's like crashing Blu-ray players. Well, no, 20th Century Fox, <laughs> back in the day, they had some issues. They put out the uh, the James Bond set, like the first one when they came out on Blu-ray, and they released them separately. There were some issues with those where they would not fucking play. I had to wait for my, what was it? I think I had like a Panasonic uh, Blu-ray player at the time. I had to wait for them to come up with a firmware update so I could watch those. Really? Discs. Yep. It did take like That's a couple crazy. months. Well, they're you know they're saying that the new uh, like Avatar movies crashing some cinemas because they can't handle the the frame rates and stuff. So you know James Cameron's always like going to push push technology with stuff, which I don't understand. I mean, it's fucking no, I do forty eight frames. I mean, come on. Oh, that, I don't know about that, but I appreciate I mean, that James Cameron <laughs> always tries to do more. 
Yeah, he's he's definitely he, he spends the time. He makes things happen. You know, like like going when when I saw that the, the the links that that they went to to make this movie, all the way from just capturing the whole performance and not having to worry about camera, and then coming back and figuring all that shit out later, is insane to me. Like doing all of the the costumes and like building weapons and figuring out fabrics and the way that you would do certain things. Like normally you would just like have someone model things in the computer and then, you know, it is what it is. You think they actually made Yoda's fucking robe for fucking all the prequels. And then like, Oh yes, this is the burlap sack that we're going to try to use right here. Yeah, actually the creature shop would a hundred percent put all that effort into it. No, I think this is what happens when you get like endless money is that you have to justify having all this money so you're like look <laughs> we're gonna like completely oh, build well, that all this. also happens yes. you know? <laughs> <laughs> like, the, the, ha- having in this money and and having made uh, billions of dollars before uh you know you, you can pretty much have all this fuckery going on where <laughs> we're, we're, we're gonna spend two years b- making this before you even actually bring a real camera out but it's i i wouldn't call it fuckery i mean why should they make it as cheap as possible and for example not care about the costumes you know, the, like he part of the reason that everyone loves, for the most part, James Cameron is because he cares about every single detail. And that includes, you know, the the little the spores on the flower as they as it is floating by, you know, like every yeah, you know, he cares about everything. And that's what makes it so great. And that's why he gets all the money is because he does put that money to good use. All right. So we are talking money. So just keep in mind, Avengers Endgame. Right, uh, same kind of epic scale filmmaking here. Right, just that movie sure. cost over three hundred uh, three hundred million dollars to make. The official budget for Avatar is two hundred and thirty seven million. Right now, I've read where it's anywhere from two eighty to three hundred and ten million. Outside of Gollum in Lord of the Rings. I can't think of another movie where we had multiple CGI characters that were believable on screen this early in cinema. I think that's that's a really good bang for buck. I mean, especially I mean, you look at Avengers Endgame, you have like Thanos, and that's a completely CGI creation. Doesn't look as good as this. You know, some people would argue. I would say, like, the thing I like about Thanos in uh, the Avengers movies is his skin texture. Like, they have, he has, like, pores and stuff in his skin. The Na'vi... They have that when they get close. They do, but no, it's not like you can't see the... Okay, so full disclosure, I, I've seen this the second Avatar movie now um, several times. And you can when you watch that movie, you can see all the skin imperfections. It is it is so ridiculously lifelike. Going back and watching this movie, you can see the limitations. There's less right. texturing on the screen, but they do 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 some. Again, this what is this? Two thousand nine. One of the coolest things about James Cameron is that like not only does he have endless money to do things, so he can create such like magical things like like this, but he's also willing to take a chance on uh, not only creating new things and spending the time to do it, but also with actors. And I think Sam Worthington gets a lot of shit. Like a lot of the reviews I read, they're talking about like, this guy fucking sucks. I don't think he sucks. I think he's actually pretty good in this. What do you guys think about like, you know, Jake in this movie? Like as an actor or as a character? Yeah. Just like, well, just like just his performance. Oh, I think his performance was great. I think everyone's performance was really great. I think most of the characters are one dimensional and not written very well, but I think the actors did it. 
fantastic job. Kristen, stop. Oh, stop. stop. <laughs> you, you can't sit here and make make this complaint after after Titanic. This has the same this thing that can. no, this has literally every flaw that Titanic has. No, this, this is movie here's the has. problem. Here's the, I was thinking about that, and here's the reason why I think I liked Titanic better than all this other stuff. Because it took place I on Earth. Don't care about war. <laughs> I don't care about war. I don't care about guns. I don't care about. Fighting the Russians under sea. I don't care about fighting humans on a space planet, like in, in outer space. I don't care about. I don't care about any of that. If it had just taken place in Pandora and it was just about these people and Jake Sully wandered in, I would love it. I would eat it up. Just like T- Titanic has is a, a great story that is sort of on Earth and is a. No, I, no, I like. I, I think Titanic. The characters have a touch more depth, and maybe they only have more depth because a lot of them are historical characters, and I kind of know their backstory. Maybe that's the problem. I mean, that's literally like uh, talking to uh, to Star Wars fans, and they're like, "Well, I read the prequel comic, so I understand this character better." No, that is. <laughs> Look, no, come on. What are we talking about? That's ridiculous. Well, we're, no. talk- we're talking about how the characters aren't well written. Because they're not. <laughs> no. Look, I'm not going to defend James Cameron's writing and say, and say that the motherfucker doesn't take shortcuts and he's not a little bit manipulative. But I think all great filmmakers are. Scorsese, you can accuse him of doing the same thing. Everybody likes to say, like, oh, his characters are this, this, and that. And yeah, his main characters are. But are all the supporting characters? No, of course not. Like, yes, Jake Sully and Atiri are, I think they're fleshed out just like Jack and Rose and Titanic. We have a love story. Very similar. We overcome different things. There's even like a three-way love triangle. It's just spent less time in this movie. Yeah, you're right. I would rather watch a boat sink than um, people go to war. I don't care about like the war stuff. I just don't care. It's not about the war. It's about the emotional, you know, like... Yeah, like I said, if it was Journey. just taking place on Pandora, I would watch that. I would eat that up. That's great. Fantastic. You let's do, need let's cut some the kind rest of conflict, out. though. No, do you? I yeah. mean, the conflict is Jake showing up. That's the conflict. You don't need the rest mm-hmm. of it. I, but you need something else. Other- <laughs> Otherwise, it's like, okay, look, after the montage where he becomes a man and he's one with the people, movie over. We're done. Yeah, happy ending. I like it. I'm here for it. No, we still had a, a happy ending and, you know, it was... It was it had this emotional depth and weight, and there's not emotional depth in this. I disagree. I like I don't cry in a lot of films. If a movie makes me cry, I would say there's some kind of emotional depth there. But maybe that's it because I didn't cry in this. I don't feel like there is emotional depth here. Uh, it is sad when the mom loses her home. I agree with you on that. That's like very that's that's hard. Um, but that's kind of, that's it. Yeah, CCH Pounder kills her fucking goddamn performance. <laughs> Yeah, man. Oh, the boss. mom is great. Every time, every every scene she's if in, she's really... so you can just he, like feel the emotions. She all she can say like two or three words, and it like goes through your whole body. Like you experience it. Like yes. it's fantastic. She is wonderful, dude. No, you can't tell me that. Like when when Grace is is like laying up there under the fucking like the the tree with with the, with like the the weeping willow tree hanging down, mm-hmm. and they've all got. They're all sitting down and they've all got their hands on each other's shoulders and they're all moving in this like fucking weird rhythm and they show this like sweeping shot over the top of that. Like does that doesn't give you chills? It's just yeah, like it's God, nice. so 
Oh no, it's it's so much more this than is that. Amazing. Like, she, yeah. all of these people are willing to help her, <laughs> even though like her species is like literally destroying everything that she has. That's that's touching. Like no, I had that same visceral feeling like in, in um oh in Midsummer when they when they share the emotion at the end where they're oh. all screaming like they had that visceral like I'm telling you, you know what I'm talking about yeah, yeah, yeah. like that that shit that shit unnerved me in that like I had that same like just odd just like oh my god when all these people are just fucking losing it like yeah it just like takes you over man like you you feel the visceral like feeling of it yeah man this this film's got really great emotional moments it does have good emotional moments and I want to fucking eat green Egron. you want to what a banshee, bro. An Egron. Come on. Get up on your Navi. Oh, well, you know, I haven't seen the second one, so I need to get ready. We'll get, I'm going to get my hair braid, like, vagina thing ready and get this thing done. I do like uh, Jake Sully's different hairstyles as a Navi as the movie <laughs> goes on. Oh, he's learning, man. Like, yeah, and he gets his war paint going and all that. Yeah. yeah. I super like that. I also like that he's got, like, five fingers and like normal feet and everybody else has their you know their if, ninja turtle hands if they made him a if that if they made him and that's his avatar why wouldn't they make it have normal fingers because you'd have to learn how to use it yeah yeah, yeah he, he's supposed to learn how to use his entire body and so he wouldn't yeah but if you go in and you're missing a finger already like you know then it's not gonna work out right no think again <laughs> <laughs> oh, where's my pinky go <laughs> 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 Think about how genes work. Like, uh, if, if you're taking some of a human DNA and some of Navi DNA, there's going to be some things that, you know, there's going to be dominant genes and recessive genes. It's going to happen. Okay, all right. I did notice it, and I did think it was cool, and then I was like, well, wait a minute, why did they do that? It's another thing, too, to make him, like, alien. Yeah. yeah Even he's when different. he's a, yeah. Everybody can like, know you can't really. Yeah, he can't he can't show up and just blend in yeah. because he's instantly different. He he doesn't have the weird spacing between his big toe and and he's got an extra finger on his hands. Oh, and I love that fucking Natiri's about ready to fucking just like gun him down the minute she sees him. <laughs> She's like, "I'm going to shoot this dude in the back of the head with a bow and arrow." So hey, fucking cold, man. But then the tree saves him. It's, it's very, that's very Studio Ghibli, Ghibli. Yeah. You know, like very Princess Mononoke kind of feeling. Like when, you when know, the tree, I think that's when, very when, when, intentional. When the world takes over. Yeah, I know. I think it's very, very cool. I, I can't remember, but uh, James Cameron, like uh, the pulse rifle, rifle from Aliens is taken from like a design of some. It's very similar to some like famous anime's gun or some gun. Dude, I love I love that there's mechs in here like Alien and there's the fucking yeah. Terminator fucking helicopters. And oh, there's yeah, all yeah. this shit from there's all this shit from fucking James Cameron in this. You know, it, it's just neat. He, he kind of reuses things a little bit like like some some sorts of designs carry through it's kind of neat i mean you i feel like uh, you know all, all artists they they find that thing that they like that they always kind of gravitate toward design wise yeah. or you know shot wise well it's not it's not just water that carries through everything <laughs> it, it, it's it's a little bit of the design as well that's right there is very little water although you know that's how jake sully gets away from the the giant black panther alien thing so we do get a little bit. Yeah, I like that. He's like, that's right, you fucking punk bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Jake's got a little cockiness to him. <laughs> I love that thing's like little lip 
that like raises on the side. It's got these these weird lips that raise on the side. You know about the thing where it has the thing comes out like like a spitter. No, no, no. Like, no. like, like the... uh, when it comes out, literally, it's at that moment where he's like, "Yeah, go back to mama, you little punk bitch." And that uh, black panther alien creature. Yeah, the thing comes, comes up, up behind him. Yeah, yeah. It raises yeah. its like these two like. Yeah, it's got a weird mouth. Yeah, two little side pieces on its mouth. To expose so so what do I do with this one? Uh, like, you know, hold my ground? What? And she's like, fucking run. <laughs> You've got to get out of here now. Run, definitely run. Good moment. That thing's super vicious. But yeah, I mean, mm. Natiri's character introduction. I love all... James Cameron's so good at character introductions. Even like Stephen Lang with his fucking feet on the floor. Oh, great. Right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, you hear him talking first. Jake Sully's like fucking close up and you get the... Uh, I guess is it water? Is it supposed to be water that's flo- floating in front of him? Yeah, floating above him. Yeah, some kind of liquid. Well, I, I like that reveal of his legs. Uh, I think it's more powerful than than the special edition version where they pretty much just show a wide shot and, and he goes into this thing about how he's you know couldn't couldn't get his his surgery and all that. Same yeah. same dialogue with the way that they 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 play it out in the actual theatrical cut. It, it's more impactful. Uh, yeah, I agree. I think the theatrical cuts the best of the three different cuts. There are a lot of things in the extended cut that I love. Uh, I would like actually think that it's the definitive cut, except for the Navi attack the uh, Earth people first. Yeah, I kind of hate thing. that, and that that ruins it. That 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 I actually like that. I like in the theatrical cut that the uh, the, uh, the humans attack, and then it makes everything more impactful. It gives it gives it more weight that that that, that we are destroying everything, because if we see if because. In the extended cut, the Navi attack and they take down an entire outpost and all the machines are burning. And that's what gives Giovanni Ravisi uh, the go ahead. He kind of has a moment where in, 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 the, in the theatrical cut, it cuts in and the general guys like he's like, look, I'll make it quick. You know, and he's like, you know, we'll have as, as few casualties as possible. And that's the moment where he's like, fuck it, do it. But that actually comes after the Navi attack. So there's a little this gravitas moment where it's like, fuck, man, you know. Uh, if they're willing to go this far, then we do need to to take it full force. So it changes motivations majorly, and it, it, I think it weakens the actual movie. Wait, yeah. doesn't the first Navi attack? Isn't it? It's, it's Jake though, isn't Jake the one who does the first attack? Right? No. Uh, well, yeah, but yeah, because the first attack is literally the end battle. No, no. Are you talking about when he goes up and he like he breaks the the security camera? Oh, are you talking about later? It's it's the one I'm talking about is not in the one you've saw. You've oh, saw. okay, that's why. It's, it's okay, a completely it's a, yeah, sure it's a completely separate. Okay, yeah, it's, it's a completely separate scene. Yeah, it, yeah, it 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 changes the motivations for the end. It it, it like yeah, it, it was it's very good that they that they removed it. Like it, it makes it makes the movie hold more weight. I don't like that uh, Jake Sully's a fucking alcoholic in the beginning either. Like, is that an alcoholic if, if, if you're sad and you're raging a little bit? Yeah. Like, is he an alcoholic? Yeah. yeah, he looks like an alcoholic, dude, in the beginning of that movie. Like, he, Damn, he, man, he, man, it it a makes problem. a lot of sense for the rest of his character. I'm just you you see that. him do nothing else but go from bar to bar and drink. Yeah, he's an alcoholic. Like, what else does he do? You don't see him have any other job, and he talks about, like, how the VA is just, like, you know, gives him his wheelchair and his money. The government gives him enough to survive. He lives in a tiny little apartment. You know, it's like, I don't like that, you know? I I like kind of like picking it up where he's a blank slate and we go forward, you know? Falling into his brother's PhD fucking... Yeah, I mean, because we're already given so much, like, there's already so much world building. Like, I don't want want to see Earth at all. 
You know what I mean? Because that's too much. It's so much world building, man. And that and that extended cut of the movie, it, it, they're they're introducing future Earth, and then like then you get to Pandora, but you don't get to Pandora for like fucking eight minutes or more. It's just it's too much. Like I, the theatrical cut, we get that flying in dream sequence, and then boom, spaceship. We're coming to Pandora, yeah. and we get the backstory kind of intercut as we're getting there hitting the highlight plot points that are important. That's is well the, done. Is the school scene where they explain that's cut, right? All of that's cut. The only thing you get is I like picture. that stuff about Grace. Yeah, yeah. You don't really get all that in the movie. You don't get her motivations on things, which I think is it like really does help her character a lot. I'm not sure why they cut that. Yeah, because they should have a character. She's just like a bitch for like all of it until she's Man, like not. Man, this is really... Great scene, Kristen, where they go back to where, you know, basically Grace used to run a school where she taught the Navi English and, and was they were trying to help out. And they, they kind of bring that up in dialogue. Yeah, they do mention that in dialogue. Yeah, but they actually go there. And then you get this really great shot where uh, Jake is standing there and there's all these bullet holes that they're, they're in a wall. And he's like, what happened here? And then later on, we find out that, uh, you know, there was a confrontation and then one of the uh, one of the kids got killed. Uh, Natiri's sister. Natiri's sister got, got killed. And then Natiri, like, basically was like, fuck you. And that was the reason they all got kicked out. And they, they got rid of all the sky people in, in their in their area. That makes sense. So they, they tell all this backstory, and you get these really great moments. And, and it just really sucks. It feels like they're, maybe they were cut for time. I'm not really sure no, why those were taken for the movie. Because it happened. Okay, so that happens right when Jake and them, like, the, we first land on Pandora. Before... Oh, they're giving a tour of the area. Yeah, yeah before yeah, yeah. they get to see any of the animals and all that stuff. And it makes you hate the people so quick. You hate the humans so quick. Because it's just... Well, they don't explain. They just go down and show and, and then... No, know. they fully explain. You understand when you see bullet holes in the fucking wall, that's not fucking arrows yeah. and that's guns. No, you understand yeah, that yeah, fucking yeah. humans killed these fucking natives here. You understand it very fucking quick. It's You hate the humans too quick and you lose a little bit of the... The fun discovery of the world. Because that's, again, that's one of the things that's really brilliant about James Cameron's script here. Like, the first half of this movie is really just getting introduced and just world building. It's not, like, all the plot stuff is just helping us get here and helping us understand things that we're seeing. But that's not, you don't really start getting into the the story, the meat and the potatoes of the movie until you meet Natiri after he's already been left. I I do got some James Cameron fanboy love. I'm sorry. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. But you know, having watched the original cut and then going back and watching that one, I just think it's really that was really vital to Grace's backstory, and I think it really helps her character a lot because it, like kind of like how Kristen said, she just comes off as a major bitch, and then you know you get a little bit of her like kind of digging on Jake, and she's like making him eat. And that's about the only time we really see her being nice to him. Yeah. Uh, but there's multiple scenes that they cut. Yeah. Before that, but I don't know. It's such a scientist again. We're going back to stereotypes, and even in the extended cut, we're still in stereotypes. That's what James Cameron relies on, and I'm fine with that. But it's like, I don't know. It's <laughs> I'm, I'm going to draw these parallels because I saw the opera uh, Oppenheimer uh, trailer here recently. But you know, it's like scientists working for the military, always regretting these decisions, right? You know, it's like we want to discover new things, we want to show all this new stuff and 
we're taking military money and we're going to kill people. And that's not what we want to do with our research and our, our inventions. You know, the, there's that scientific versus military mindset. And listen, you know, her character is a really good stereotype and Sigourney Weaver is really great at acting and bringing all the, the actors are really good at this. And, and the, yeah, and the characters are all very specific stereotypes them one dimensional before and the actors bring it to life perfectly like if you're gonna have something like this this is who you want directing your movie okay james cameron can make you not even really think about it until you have to think about it for something like i mean james cameron wrote this solo i mean he did this on purpose this is by design i mean look he wants to make money it's like this is what star wars did this is what indiana jones does like I do have a problem with people picking on James Cameron and his scripts and his stories. Picking on him? <laughs> no, you're not. Picking, but like, no, I'm not. No, that's what that's what people did. Uh, come on, we all heard "Dancing with Smurfs" as the alternate <laughs> title I've for never this movie. Heard that. That's really funny. <laughs> no, come on, everybody heard that. No, everyone said uh, it was like, uh, not, but I didn't. Fern Gully, yeah, Dances with Wolves, like all, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Dances with Wolves, yeah, definitely. Come on, come on. Like, what are we talking about? I really hate the Dances with Wolves uh, comparison. It's like, uh, hey, you uneducated motherfucker, do you realize that this is a a revisited story of Pocahontas that you learned when you were a kid? Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, come on, man. It's not. But that's okay. But that's okay. Yeah, it is okay. Listen, like, like, there's nothing wrong with, with redoing stories. And this, this is, yeah, this is a very, <laughs> this is a very standard storyline. I don't have a problem with the storyline. The writing isn't even bad. It's just that it could be better. The characters could be written better. Um, it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be. No, Kristen, what I'm clearly it's well, good. No, Kristen, what I'm arguing is I'm not arguing that it's bad or it's great or any of that. That's what I'm saying is is that you can't have complex and a crazy ideas like that and still make this much money. Is what I'm saying. Oh, okay, sure, all right. I mean, there is a level of mass appeal. Okay. That yeah, you, yeah. He has to that he is obviously like, he did the same thing for Titanic. You're hitting all of those check boxes. I get it. I don't have a problem with it. I get it. I get it. I don't have it. Listen, I'm. I don't have a problem with it. Exactly. I understand he needs to make money, and he's really good at it. And he's really. And the movies are really great. And he always pushes forward, which I appreciate also. Um, and he always hires the best at everything, which I again appreciate. Um, but where he he is lacking is the story, and he's writing it, and he doesn't need it to be better. But that doesn't mean that I can't point out that it, the story could be better. I mean, could it though? I mean, that's the story. It's a hero's yeah, journey. Fine, leave you... the story. Fine, yeah. the hero's journey. I don't care. But like, also, do I don't care about the war. And also, you could make better characters. But do you need to? No, you don't need to. Clearly, look at look at how much it made. You don't need to. But like, could you? I would appreciate it. Yes. I'm good with everything. I, uh, what are what are your issues? What are we talking about here? I mean, outside of like stereotype. I know what she's going to say. No, no, <laughs> I know what she's going to say. It's it's Natiti's um, like glasses, her little goggles. She didn't like Those are badass. What are you talking about? Her <laughs> you know what? I can... Okay, hold on, hold on. <laughs> those are great, Kristen. You love those. Please tell me. I that. did like those, but can I tell you what I did hate though? Were those stupid 
face masks that everyone wore that somehow made their face look like magnified. I don't know what was wrong with them. But oh, it's I was because like, they were doing digital windscreens. I, I actually, that. yeah, I like like the that. the glass over their face is fake. Yeah, it's awful. Yeah, I hated so it. so yeah, like it. when when the, when everybody's wearing that around their face, it actually, was so distracting. I kept looking glass. like every time they would show up on screen with those stupid masks, uh, I would like look at them and be like, what's wrong with them? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it, like I actually brought that up to to Brian too. I was like, I was like, man, there's something weird about that. And you were like, what? And then, but I, when I was watching the behind the scenes, it's because that uh, they uh, they they wore the ring around the face and they didn't put the glass in because of all the stage lighting was reflecting okay. off of it, oh, and so they okay. had to remove the glass. That makes sense. And then put that in later. But like when Grace is laying there dying, and they show her body, or like the our body, and it's like really sad, and then they get to her human body, and she, like her face is like magnified, and you're like, yeah, you do look real sick, girl. Like, oh that. my gosh! Wait, you're looking, <laughs> oh, you're yeah. looking at cover. that versus her like Tarzan vine cover outfit. Oh, I Chris love I those so like the little the little. I said it was roots, distracting. The roots okay. Okay. The tree. Uh, yeah, You're talking no, about the glass. Cool. I'm coming. It's all very cool. Like, it takes a second. Yeah. It takes a second to look at everything else because their face is like wrong. There's something wrong with their face, okay? <laughs> it's got glass over it. It's got uh, digital glass. It could have been uh, like a really hard future plastic. We don't know. We don't know <laughs> what they, they... They got other things on Pandora that we're using, uh, you know, materials from. Who knows? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's I'm just saying wrong. it's like, I don't like it. It's ugly. <laughs> This is like the one ugly thing in this movie, because like even even the G.I. Yeah. Joe guy, whatever his name is, with his like little, uh, you know, machine body, whatever, like that's really cool. <laughs> it's really cool when he's like stomping around with his little. It's weird how they move their arms around on the inside, like they have to act out what they're doing instead of actually having controls. It's yeah. kind of interesting. Do you notice that it, like uh, James Cameron like blocks? Their hands and a lot of shots when he go when he cuts yeah. inside. Yeah, I think that's purposeful because it would look silly. Yeah, it's kind of silly, but I, I, I but do I do cool like though. when he's like he's like get your real legs and he points like that. Yeah, <laughs> like, and you can't see what I, he's yeah. doing with his hands yeah. inside that suit at that moment. That is so great. But it's so great though. It's good though. Yeah, yeah, no, it, yeah. yeah. I love the, I love the framing there. I guess look, we talked about the 3D being immersive, but what do you, what do you guys think about? 3D in general. This is a gimmick or uh, this is a tool. Obviously, this like kind of kicked off the 3D renaissance. Oh, yeah. uh, but I, I don't really see 3D, so I, I, I don't. I, have, I struggle. You saw it over that. in my house, man. I'm I, I bro. Like, I had to walk up and like you know like block out everything, get like right up well, on it. Well, that's because the know, sun and, was and coming in through the. I told it's not the fucking sun. It's my stupid no, eyes. I'm telling. You, no, what's you wrong saw with your it? eyes? Like, is it not like what? What specifically is wrong um, with your eyes? When when I was born, Kristen, I had a lazy eye, and then when I was twelve, uh, we had uh, surgery to fix it. So uh, I I don't have like. Binocular vision. You know when you go to the uh, the uh, to get a driver's license, you have to go up and like stick your face up on the thing, yeah. and look in there, and they tell you like re- read the letters across or whatever. I had to close one eye and read one side, and close and then close the other eye to read the other side because I can't really like binocularly vision. Oh, that's really when I, when I, w- w- Yeah, so uh, I got a weird wiring disconnect in my brain. Uh, well, so when I put those go- the goggles on, I really have to like focus really hard to like try to. And when I do start to see it. Uh, I, I even noticed it at Brian's. It like I feel the strain on my eyes. Mm. I've also never been able to use a, the magic eye thing, where you know, where you yeah, put your yeah. nose and you pull it back and you see the image in in the 
kaleidoscope looking shit. I've never been able to see those. I feel like you saw it at the house. That's what I'm saying. The only, the only thing no, I, I don't like about bit. the 3D is that you have to wear the glasses, and I don't like doing that. But otherwise, uh, it's fine. And I do actually remember, I, I feel like I'm pretty sure I saw this in 3D because I was going to keep the glasses for this. But they had somebody yeah. like very specifically there to make sure you did keep the glasses and so i could not i'm have. sure they're expensive look i don't care well, what are you gonna and keep the glasses what are you gonna use them for listen i don't know what, what 3d opportunities could be coming in my life they're polarized the only listen. thing you can use them for is that setting okay so you're limiting me right now and i don't appreciate that so. <laughs> oh my don't god don't limit her brian all right that's it <laughs> we're done i'm cutting this off <laughs> But I do like the 3D, though. <laughs> I do like the 3D. And I do think it can be a gimmick. Uh, but it doesn't, like, like there are, you know, some movies, like, just kind of throw it in just so they can say that it's 3D. Uh, but this one. Or get that extra. Yeah. But this one, I think, really, like, made use of it. If you can make use of it and, like, immerse the audience in the world, like, that's really cool. I also think it's, it's a reason to charge more money, which is why probably this yeah. one made so much money at the box offices because the fucking tickets were twice the price. Plus, yeah, plus they had all the IMAX. Like, everyone wanted to see this in IMAX. Do you guys um, subscribe to the whole uh, Avatar has no cultural relevance or <laughs> Wait, place in pop culture in any way, shape, or form? It's never oh, hit these. It's been so long that people forgot about it. You know what? My brother actually told me that. What did he tell me? This is a a movie that everyone went to go see, but no one says it's their favorite movie. You know, I don't. Yeah, I don't know if I've ever met anybody that's in real life. I've seen people online say that, but. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. I've seen people at cons, like, dressed up as Navi. I've never seen anyone dressed up in these costumes. Very rare. Like, straight up painted themselves? No, yes. you well, did they okay, shave their body too? But you can also hold on. You can buy no, a blue suit the, to put on. You can put yeah. on a blue suit. <laughs> yeah, it's got the markings and the little speckles and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> I mean, I guess you can do a body painting. That'd be really cool, but that's intense and cold. Well, if you go to any cons, there's a lot of body painting going on, Kristen. Well, I'm just saying. These are cold. things I expect. I don't. I don't. Th- I don't. Yeah, I don't think I'm asking too much here. I don't think so. <laughs> You need to put your little cat nose on and get that hair going and mm. paint your body blue. Yep, and you better have a tail. I want it radio controlled. When it, <laughs> if I'm standing behind you in a Comic Con line, I want that tail hitting me in the face. I like that that the, the, the little bit of tail humor that's there when he first like becomes the uh, the Navi and he's like knocking everything over with his tail. He's like, oh shit, I got a tail. And then and then when everybody's like listening to music or something. The first night he's there and he steps on somebody's tail, they're like, hey! <laughs> he's like, oh, shit, sorry. <laughs> That's right, people have tails. <laughs> I do like that, yeah. And their their tails, um, when they get angry and stuff, it, it always reacts a little differently. Oh, yeah, same with you their know? ears. Yeah. I love the ears. Yeah, their ear, and the oh, ears go yeah. back. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. I love all that stuff. Terry starts fucking growling at people. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so cool, man. Hissing. Yeah. Do you realize you betrayed your own species? <laughs> he does that goddamn. Oh, Jake Sully does the snarl or what? I don't know. Whatever it is. Hiss. It's a cat. It's a hiss. Oh, it's a, it's yeah, a hiss. It's a cat. Thundercats. Ho! Ho! <laughs> All right. Do and it, I think. Do it for the hose. Uh, what? 
Jeez. On that note, um, Jared, did you want to talk aspect ratio at all? This movie is uh, 16 by 9, 178.1. Um, yeah, but for some reason in the 2D, they actually did a, a, a 2-3-5 aspect ratio, and the trailer you showed was that, yep. which which breaks my brain, because I think that this movie lends itself to the uh, 16 by 9 aspect ratio uh, so much more because of just how big it feels and, and like it, it kind of shows like scale a lot better um it, it makes you feel like you're like really a part of it and especially when you're in imax with having that really tall wide you know it's just it's it kind of wraps around you i, I think that that really lends to it and i'm not really a big fan of that aspect ratio i actually more like a two to one yeah aspect ratio Same. or like a one uh like a two three uh, five Two three nine. Two three five. Two three five. Two three nine. The modern version of two three five. That's dead. That's a dead format. We don't We're do that. We're not going to let it go, Jared. Uh, no, it's dead. That's um, how it's uh, uh, shown in a theater, though. Is two three five. Yeah, I don't believe it. I've never the seen scope. it ever like that. I actually watched this two D uh, as well in the theater, and I never saw it. Um, I mean, what? No, if you saw it two D, man, that's how it was shown. I'm. Really? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. My 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 memory's blank on that. Um, That's how I saw it. But anyways, no, here. this movie's. It, I think we should show the movie the way it's made. You know, and, and that's the way that he he wanted it to be seen, yeah, and then and it really does really does lend itself to that aspect ratio. Now, had he want to do it like Batman vs Superman and do fucking two three like uh, one three three, that we'd have a problem. No wait, that was Justice League, wasn't it? Justice, Justice League, League. That's right. That's oh, the one. Justice League. Yeah, where they did that. And he even, so he even did it black and white too. What a prestigious fuck. Oh, yeah, yeah. Zack Snyder, what, go fuck yourself. What a bastard. Yeah. yeah. You are not James Cameron, Zack Snyder. <laughs> <laughs> that motherfucker's like, hey, Cameron, hold my beer. I'm gonna make a four-hour fucking cut of Justice League. Like, yeah, James Cameron be like, we need to make we need to make Superman's cape so we can figure out what fabric it actually needs to be before we actually animate it, right? And son, I'm going to rewrite your movie and I'm going to cut out all of these uh, really long shots that are pointless. Yeah. Don't don't you want a five second shot of a cape flowing? All right, no. we're good. <laughs> oh, before we go to ratings, I do want to do uh, make make one little note call out. Something that I noticed in this film that Cameron has never done in any film previous, snap zooms. He uses these uh, little oh, quick... Like like Guardi- like um, Battlestar Galactica. Kind of like that, like push in and kind of like settle, exactly. settle in a the little bit. The handheld little zoom. Like we're, gonna, we're yeah, back yeah. here, we're handheld camera, we, push in. we got a cinema yeah. verite look, and yeah. boom, we're going to pop in real quick. It's very yeah. handheld, it's very rough. He does it about Star five or six times in the movie. Um, first time I saw it in the theater, I hated it. Because I, I, I really was just watching it, I was like, oh, that's not something Cameron does a lot. I... I feel like it's just him throwing his dick down and being like oh look at these effects aren't they amazing and i can do this go fuck yourself you can't um but you know what as i've gotten to the point where i've seen this movie lived with the movie for a little bit i really love those moments it it i think the thing subconsciously that i hated about it was it made it feel like a a nat geo special like oh yeah like a duck yeah but you know, with some time, I think that's something I appreciate about it. But first viewing, yeah, I, I love didn't the, care that, much for it. Yeah, I love the documentary feel. I mean, the handheld camera. Handheld camera feels nice in this. 
it did win an Academy Award for cinematography, even though very few things were actually shot. That says something. Cinematography doesn't necessarily mean shot with camera. I mean, it, like it's 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 the it's the way that the the shots work together. It's 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 all of it. You know, it's, I know. Uh, I'm and, talking and about was. the voting body getting over that, though. Oh, I see what you're saying. No, that that's a huge step because, uh, and, and them using the digital in it's it's kind of like when, when you do a lot of animated stuff now. Like there's a, there's a digital camera and you're moving it around on the screen. But what's neat about the way they did this one? There was an actual a tactile unit to create the camera. It's kind of like um, it's a newer version of what Peter Jackson did with uh, Lord of the Rings where he put a little camera on a stick. He had a little stick and he would like go through the, the, the miniatures that they built and he would kind of figure out how he'd want the camera to do it and they would replicate that later. Uh, in the behind the scenes I thought it was very reminiscent of that. But like it way, way better, you know, way more accurate. And you can see, and you can watch The Hobbit to see where he goes wrong with that. <laughs> yeah, very bad. And and one thing that uh, Cameron didn't learn from that is this forty eight frames thing, which we'll talk about next week. We will. Have you? Okay. So, if is anybody seen Avatar two yet? I'm going tomorrow. Going tomorrow. All right. Um, the high frame rate is an interesting experience, but if if you feel like it's a normal movie the entire time, you did not see it. You will notice it right away the minute it happens. Um, I will say, though, it's not like The Hobbit. If you saw The Hobbit in 48 frames... Feels like you're watching British TV. Exactly. Yeah, it does. It feels like a soap opera the entire time. Everybody's action feels sped up. It feels like motion smoothings on grandma's television. Um, yeah, 100% agree with that. What Cameron did for the sequel, though, is like it's it goes back and forth between 48 frames and 24, and then... There are so many moments in the movie that are speed ramped and we're 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 changing our frame rate constantly like you know um I don't know. I uh, I don't even know how I feel about it yet. I really got to watch the movie another time. Um I you know, I want to see it in 2D first and see what it looks like without the 3D and all that other stuff cuz I'll be honest, it, like the special effects in this movie, when you watch it in 3D, oh my god, they're mind-blowing. They're so great. And when you watch it in 2D, you can really pick a lot of the digital effects apart. You know what I mean? Like, Especially, like, I think the biggest thing, the, the thing that jumps out to me right away is uh, the sun rays. All the light rays that are coming in from Pandora's sun or moon or wherever it's getting its light reflected from. The light rays in the 2D version feel fake, and you yeah. don't get depth for them. They just feel like a, a ray of light. When you watch the 3D version, the light rays that you're seeing, they have depth where you can see rays of light. It feels like it's adding more texture. Exactly. It feels like it's it's adding depth and texture, and that, that's what was kind of like shocking about it. Because when you think 3D, you think things popping out into your face, but it's not that. No. It's, it, it's, more, it's more about like feeling depth and in cinematography and everything we always try to we try to create depth and that's then we create depth with uh like distance behind people and with depth of field and with shadow and that's how we create like kind of 3d look and depth with it with it with a flat surface and but what he's doing is he's taking it to the next level so we have all of that and then we have like these things that are in the foreground and then there's also 
different levels and we can feel around that. And I think that's what makes it really sexy and interesting. Like when you're going through the, the forest and you like we're, we're passing branches and things or there's particles in the air and, and all that. It, it's, it's, it's more about that. It's more about setting atmosphere than making you jump. But those moments are there too. I think we're at the, the end of the podcast. It's ratings time. Who is going first? Who's rating Avatar? I think you're setting the tone, Brian. I'm not going to lie. This was one of the most uh, cinematic experiences I've ever had in my life. And when I say one of the most cinematic experiences, I mean, like, I felt like I was there. I felt like uh, everything felt real seeing this in the theater for the first time. And I know, like, people that are younger than me, if you didn't see this in, in 3D when it came out, this is kind of like missing Star Wars in theaters when it came out. Or that Final Fantasy movie. No, not like that. Um, no, that was the highest res movie, like digital film out at the time. Yeah, it may have been, but no, that was, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the magic of like cinema. I'm talking about that, that emotional oh, yeah. like through line. Like When I go to movies, I'm always looking for that fucking high, man. I'm, I'm looking for that goddamn moment where I, I, you know, I get goosebumps and I, I feel that little fucking tingle in the back of my neck and it just shoots down to my spine and for some reason oh man i get it I, it, com- it comes right back to the base of your neck and you're just like oh my god i just saw something that changed me like i don't i don't even know how it changed me right now but it, it, it i'm different i'm a different person from this moment on you are i see you. I, I, I see you too jared but <laughs> This is a new experience. This is like a, it's it's taking a tool in filmmaking um, and it's showing you not only what you can do with it, but it's I don't know, man. That this is like this is like the invention of like seventy millimeter film. This is the invention of uh, of widescreen. This is a new thing, and it it drives me crazy because like people in our profession really hate three D. I, I understand there's a lot of work um, in production and in post production. It's a it's, it's a tool, and if you if if you if you're gonna make a movie at this budget level, you're gonna throw this much money into it. Well, fucking why not? Give it to me. Make it a make it a um, make it a thrill ride. You know, not a roller coaster ride. This is not a, Mar- a Marvel film. This actually has emotional depth to it. I've never cried in a Marvel film. I've never cried in one Marvel film. I did get a little, uh, you know, choked up from an audience's uh, reaction and love to things in Avengers Endgame, but I never cried. I cried in this movie twice. James Cameron is an amazing filmmaker, uh, and I'm a little bit of a fanboy. And you know, when I was talking about Prey earlier this year, one of the reasons I think I love that movie is because it kind of reminded me a little bit of this film. Just having a strong woman from an obvious Native American background that is just like, you know, just just capable and just so badass. And like, I love, I love Ellen Ripley. I love Sarah Connor. I love these characters. I like seeing people that are not, 100% me. Like, I love John McClane, but, you know, I've seen enough John McClane's. I want something a little different. You know, I'm, I'm ready for something a little different. And, uh, James Cameron gives us that in a very satisfying way, and I think that's why people love it. You know, like, yeah, you can call his characters stock and everything else like that, but I... Guys, if you can't see the difference between this and Independence Day, 
I'm sorry, we can't be friends. This movie does have a little bit more thought than that. And it, I understand people's complaint about the white savior. I do, but you can't have a white savior. You can't have a colonial message and not have a little bit of a white savior story. But we have to be brought in as humans to understand the species. And then on top of that, we have to be told why humans are bad. And it's really easy to do that with white people. Because Britain exists and the United States exists. And it's just it's really simple to explain that to other white people why this happened. You know, I mean, maybe Hong Kong would argue against that, you know. But I think everybody else is like, no, we support the Navy. It's a 10. It's a masterpiece. I hadn't really seen this movie since we, since I saw it originally. And I wasn't expecting to, to like it as much as I did. But it, it just goes to show you that James Cameron cannot, cannot lose. And, and I, I think that the new one will even surpass what this one has done. We'll see what happens. But it, it's, a, it's a cinematic marvel always pushing the fucking envelope and creating everything that has come after it. Like, like yet again, like I said, at the end of Titanic, you know, paving the way for everything that, that came. And this one did the exact same thing. Uh, it has all the feels. It has every single thing that you want. It has a sexy fucking camera. Like, like, you know, it like, Whoever knew that I'd be falling in love with cat people? You know what I'm saying? Like, oof. Mm, Thundercats, Thundercats, ho, yeah. All, all, all the hoes. Um, yeah, man, this is a definite 10. Um, I, every time I watch it, I want to watch it again. Uh, I don't really mind the length at all. I, I think that it, it's really excellent. I actually like the, the extended version. I've already told you about how, you know, I, I think that it falters in a couple ways, but I love seeing more. I love getting more about the characters and I don't know, man, I'm, I'm excited to watch the next one. It's a definite 10. All right, Christian. All right. Bring us home. Uh, what say you? <laughs> Um, well, this is a James Cameron movie, and so it has so many wonderful qualities about it. Um, the Abyss was a James Cameron movie, Kristen. Yeah, it also had good qualities. I still rated it higher than I, I was going to say than I should have, but that's not true. Like, it, it's still a yeah, The Abyss was still <laughs> a James Cameron movie, and that's why I rated it high, is because... He's good at his job. He knows right, what he's right, right. doing. I appreciate that so much. And that's why I said, like, that's, I think that's why he can get away with a kind of a subpar script. I think that's why people pick on the script so much is because it actually doesn't really matter because you get sucked in anyway. I, I did watch this in the theaters and I agree this was a masterpiece at the time. I think I lost a little bit coming to the home's 2d screen um it did not feel magical this time watching it it just felt like a cartoon i think you said that jared um mm -hmm. i agree with that completely uh but that's okay it's still you know beautiful and interesting and there's a lot of uh there's a lot of stuff going on and 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 you're right brian it is a colonial movie and you do yeah, yeah, I, I agree with everything you said about about bringing in the white people and using them. That all makes sense. It all makes sense. It's all really, you know, and it's good. It's James Cameron is is really good at his is his job. He's I, I have no complaints there. I just think the story is um, 
it's not even the story. Like, I don't, I don't know. I guess I get, it was hard for me to really get behind some of these characters. I don't, I don't know. Um, what do you mean? I didn't, uh, that's what I'm trying, I'm trying to, to, to put this into words. It was, um. Which characters? Uh, all of them. They, uh, that's why I keep saying they're one dimensional is because I couldn't really, um, what is, what's her name? Natari? Natiri. 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 All right. Natiri. All right. Calm down. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> so Natiri starts off really cool Speaks and really Nader, badass. Not, and Navi. I really liked her. And then she kind of doesn't really do anything after she falls in love with Jake. She doesn't. She still fights. But I, we've already established that I don't really care about the fight scene. So like the whole like. She saves him at the end movie. though. Come on. Well, that's good for her. Okay. Um, the difference between this and Prey I will say is that Prey she is the the main character and she is a badass the entire movie you care about her 100% and in this one you really like Natiri except she just kind of like goes away because other things are going on uh, anyway it's still she really doesn't good. go away she does she's like she becomes no. she falls in love with him she's just like a little like a prop. She is not little. Did you see her she's holding large, Jake Sully? At the, yes, yeah. I did. Oh my god. <laughs> she's fucking massive, bro. She'd snap him in half. Especially with those little legs he has. Man. What are we talking about? His whole head was like the size of a goddamn fucking cherry in yeah. her hand. <laughs> um, no, okay, all right. So but it's still good. I'm gonna um I'm, I'm gonna give it an eight point five because I do like the movie. It is entertaining and I just think it could be better. I like Titanic better. That's my movie, not this one. Sorry, Brian. Eh, it's an 8.5, though. It's still really good. Can't they both be good? Yeah, they can both be good. And it's, it's sorry, it's not on my channel. So. You know, it might be more impressive on a technical level than as a piece of storytelling. Oh, sure. 100%. But Avatar. <laughs> but oh, you're Avatar... reading this. Oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yes, you're so brilliant, Jared. That's exactly it. <laughs> you know, it might be more impressive on a technical level than as a piece of storytelling, but Avatar reaffirms James Cameron's singular gift for imaginative story. Fuck. For a singular gift of imaginative, absorbing filmmaking. Rotten Tomatoes certifies Avatar as fresh with an 82% tomato meter and an 82% audience score. Wow. That kind of stunned me for a second that they're both 82. So it's 82 across the board. Wait, what? Both, both are the same? Yeah, both are the same. That's weird. You would think that the highest grossing film of all time would have a higher score than 82%. No, because everyone went to go see it because they wanted to see Pandora. They wanted to see all of the technology, not because they... Like, if this was just set, like, you know, in the Amazon rainforest, it wouldn't be as... Com no one... Not, it wouldn't... People wouldn't go out to watch it. It would still be a hit. It's still a James Cameron movie, but people would not flock to it like they did to this. There's some terrible shit on here. It's not that just we. It's not that we've seen the tale before. It's that every aspect of the screenplay screenplay is terrible. <laughs> oh my gosh! Uh, there's another one. Five hundred million dollars wasted. Aww. Another one. In my opinion, Avatar has been hyped beyond the point of forgiveness. I didn't think it was that bad. It's not that bad. Yeah, I it's mean, still, come on, it is guys. a good movie. It's still a good movie. All those people. <laughs> None of them. Learning your, <laughs> learning your visuals from Jack Kirby is one thing, but uh, but too often it sounds like Cameron learned to write dialogue from the guy, too. Um, yeah, man, there's too much fucking hate, man. They're like, it doesn't matter. Like, how many times have we seen the same story over and over again? It, it, it's like, it, it's, it's excellent. 
it fucking lands on all the fucking feels. It, it, it's a good look. It's, story. it's it's this. It's, it's all. It's the there, same man. thing when we were talking about Titanic, and I was like, I I can't believe people hate this movie. Yeah, it's the same thing here. I cannot believe people hate this movie. Like for real. Like what the fuck is wrong with you? Do you not know how to feel fucking emotions? Like, can you not can you not connect with people? They're like, oh, yeah, I, I don't believe a, a, a romantic love story on a doomed ship. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Have you have you never ever had like a, a fucking romance that lasted all of like fucking three days? And uh, no, <laughs> oh, God. Anyways, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> no jared uh that was one of these moments that kind of shut me up i don't have anything else to say except for you've been listening to the movie crew podcast <laughs> if you want to get in touch with us you can do so by sending us an email to moviecrewpod at gmail.com you can also follow us on facebook twitter instagram at moviecrewpod jared where can the fine audience members follow you you can find me on Instagram at CheckTheGate or on Twitter at Jared B. Callen or on Letterboxd at Jared B. Callen. Do you guys ever notice, like, whenever I say follow or find, you guys say the exact opposite word of what I say? Um, something I've noticed, just cutting the podcast. Anyway, Christian, where can the audience find you? I'll, I'll, be, I'll say the same thing. You can find me on Instagram <laughs> at Kristen Magdalene. That's Kristen with a K and an R. And you guys can find me on Twitter at Elkins Edits. We're going to close out the show tonight with track number five from the Avatar soundtrack titled, oh, hold on, I got to, Becoming One of the People. This is from composer James Horner. Enjoy. Enjoy.